Hey guys, this is the Vertical Guidance Podcast. I'm Wyatt Fink. And I'm Alex Stanger. And we're interviewing pilots from around the industry about their flight training experiences. We're just a couple young buck flight instructors working towards our thick goal of a thousand hours. And our goal is to make getting into the aviation industry easier by offering advice to people that are right on the edge of beginning their aviation journey. So let's get into it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Today, we have David Campos, a uh, former CFI and CFII and lion instructor at UND, and now a first officer at SkyWest. Thanks for coming on, Dave. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's nice to see you guys again. Yeah, it's great to see you too, Dave. You're looking awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so like what we like to do to get this started out is just trying to get a little little flavor of Dave, you know, trying to see what uh, what got you into aviation, like you're out from in California, like who inspired you, other things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I pretty much knew, I think when I was in middle school, I did, I did a project. Um, I forgot what class it was, but it was something about like um, looking ahead for your career and stuff. And I kind of knew that I wanted to be a pilot. I'd always been interested in that. Um, luckily, uh, one of my mom, my mom works at a school and one of her friends, um, her husband was a pilot at, still is a pilot at Envoy. Um, and he's a line check airman there. So she got me in contact with him and I went to his house, interviewed him and all that. And then that happened. I turned the project and that was pretty much it. Um, and then maybe a year and a half later, maybe when I was like 15, um, he got a hold of me and he was like, Hey, if you really want to do this, you should start right now. I thought it was pretty early. I mean, I was a sophomore, you know, I was doing high school stuff, you know, um, trying to pass classes and all that. And he's like, no, if you actually want to do this, you start now and then you'll be good for a long, long time. And I was like, okay, talked with my parents. Obviously, um, the difficult part is not only getting into, getting into aviation, but having the funds for it. Um, unfortunately, uh, it's kind of steep, the, the price that they ask for just for a private. Um, but, uh, luckily I was able to get a small loan from my grandma and, uh, we started there, went through different, uh, airports here in the LA area, looking around at flight schools and stuff like that. Um, and eventually I found one that I liked and he agreed and I started there and I didn't. I kind of, the private took a while, actually. It took like a year and a half just because I was doing high school stuff. Um, but eventually, yeah, yeah, I know. Especially when you're not like focused on it, like at UND, um, it takes a lot longer. But mm-hmm. the summer before I came to UND, I found out that if I finished it, I can, you know, get ahead. Um <laughs> in terms of classes. So I super rushed. I, I think I got like my driver's license, like four weeks before coming to UND. And then I got my pilot's license like two weeks before coming. <laughs> so, so you didn't have your driver's license. So you're like 18. Uh, yeah. My mom would drive you to and from the airport. Shout out my mom. <laughs> Cause without her, I wouldn't be where I am right now. This camp. Oh, uh, we love she, she was the one that would drive me. I think the airport's like 30 minutes away. She would drive me to and from after classes. Wild. <laughs> what a lady. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. She's great. So, so that is it that uh, it was an envoy pilot? That's who it was? 
Yeah. So, so he was kind of my mentor and he still is. I still, we talk frequently um, and I just keep him updated with what I'm doing. Okay. And he's cool. still at Envoy? He kind of, yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, he's still, I think he like, he's a line check airman right now for captains. So he's the guy that goes in the planes with the captains once they're being upgraded and make sure that they're good, make sure that they're good to go. Cool. So like, why didn't you go to Envoy then? <laughs> you joined the dark side. <laughs> Why didn't I go to Envoy? Um, pretty much the main reason I chose Sky West was um, the bases. Envoy doesn't have the only regional that has a base right now in LA is Sky West. When I was looking, Compass had one. Obviously, they're no longer with us. Um, but at the time, it was either those two. Um, and I'd heard a lot of good things about Sky West, and um, I didn't really know anyone in Compass. Um, so I just kind of put all my eggs in one basket, and somehow it worked. It made it happen. Was that like, yeah. so if anyone was listening to this that was like trying to decide where to go after college and, you know, like wanting to make those plans early, like what would you say like a big factor is in, for you? Like obviously it all depends. LA base, right? Yeah. So it all depends. I mean, it, the reason I'm LA based is because I'm still living with my parents trying to pay off loans that I have from UND. Right. So if I wasn't, didn't have that to pay off and I was looking to pay rent here it is really expensive. And some could say difficult for a second year first officer pay. Okay. So you have to take that into consideration. Um, some people prioritize the plane over, um, you know, anything else. So if they want the plane, you know, you know, it. Republic under have, the wing. Exactly. Big deal. You know, Republic Big they deal. only have that. You can go there. Uh, some people obviously prioritize where they want to live. So if you like West Coast and you know, there's Mesa, there's uh, Sky West, if you want to go East Coast, all the rest of them are over there, Republic, Envoy, uh, all those. Um, and then some people prioritize pay. Um, I think Endeavor right now is the one that pays the most. Um, but then again, they got Detroit bases. They, oh, I guess we have Detroit base too, but they have a lot of East Coast base, LaGuardia bases. <laughs> so um, it, it just depends really what you're into. Um, and I think it, it really makes a difference if you um, kind of do your research uh, for sure. Cause obviously it's going to be a place whether you like it or not, you're going to be there for probably at least two, three years. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe find a place that you wouldn't mind staying in case something happened like this again, you know, there's plenty mm -hmm. of people looking to move on and then all of a sudden, Whoa, we're not, we're not hiring anymore. And okay, then you just then... get to go spend a year down in Mexico like Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well that was i was a very special circumstance i uh yeah that was interesting um background story was yeah I, I was in the middle of training and covid hit and my classes were suspended at sky west um but i still kept my travel benefits and my jump seat privileges and they were still kind of paying me for pay time off it was minimal but no one else pays you for sitting around at home so um yeah kind of once things slowed down in terms of 
well, I wouldn't say slow down. Maybe I just got impatient. Uh, in June, I started traveling a lot and uh, I have family down in Mexico. So I'd go visit them. Uh, my uncle has a few ranches down there. So drove some combines, hung out by the beach, the usual, you know, the usual. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But uh, uh, okay, yeah, so... that's pretty much how I got into aviation. A uh, big thing was a mentor. I don't think if I would not have met him, it's really hard to get into aviation, I think, without knowing someone. Unfortunately. Yeah, it seems like uh, it's kind of like it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's still kind of almost a thing. Do you think that's true? Um, I guess in terms of like going to UND, obviously it didn't matter. Um, a regional, I really didn't need to know anyone. I did know people, but I didn't need to, I don't think. Um, I don't know the case for the majors i've i've heard that you do need recommendations from inside the major airlines so whether or not that's actually true is one thing but um they, they might take that with uh what am i trying to say they might you know think it's a big importance to have a recommendation from inside the airline so they know who they're hiring so mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know though all right so Totally shifting gears it's back to like, kind of like before we were talking about uh, everything else. So like, would, what advice would you have for students that like want to be where you are someday that maybe haven't even started training and they're thinking about getting their privates? So like, what, what would you tell them to like, to keep through the grind and stay motivated? Well, uh, number one for sure is that anything I think that anything worth doing is uh, will include sacrifices, um, whether that means not, you know, going partying with your friends on a Friday night because you're going to go train or you got to go study or just little things like that. Like um, they add up and, you know, unfortunately, you, you, your friends have to understand that, you know, what you're doing is like an investment. You're an investment in yourself for the future. So in the future, you can take days off as an airline pilot and go do fun stuff with your friends. But right now, um, you know, you, you want to focus on that because the quicker you get through this and the quicker you get to the airlines, I think the better it gets. Um, the, and then the second thing I would say would just be if you really want it, you're going to keep going and you can't take your eyes off the goal. Um, I've seen too many times at UND where like people get distracted with other things. Um, irrelevant what the things are, uh, they get distracted and <laughs> they just kind of keep going down a different path. And, you know, you want to be set on that path and not lose your focus. Um, and there will be a lot of distractions, unfortunately, but that's just, you know, college and that's just life in general. Um, yeah. So just kind of keeping focused. I think that's the main thing because it's so easy. I mean, studying every day and the goal is so far away, you know, but setting smaller goals to get to that big goal is what, what it's all about for sure. Yeah. That seems like something that a, a student would struggle with. So what are some of those things that students struggle with and what are kind of like those antidotes for those struggles that students Um. Have? Let's see. I think in college, like a one that I kind of already talked about, like a super easy one um, 
is like your friends invite you to a party it's a friday night but you need to get this night flight done to keep going with your training well there you go i mean god i mean the party only happens once you know so you can do the night flight another day um you do that and then eventually you get at UND they have deadlines right to finish your training and then eventually you don't meet that deadline and if you would have done this earlier and you know you look at hindsight and all that so the main thing is you know just keeping focus and if you really want it I mean you'll do it and you'll just keep going Uh, but parties would be one unfortunately I've seen uh, significant others be one um it's just people it it just depends obviously there's different cases for everyone but i've seen people that focus a lot obviously when you're with the significant other you want to spend a lot of time with them uh you always want to be with them um unfortunately when you're a student and even more when you're an instructor when you're trying to get hours to go to the airlines every hour counts i mean just being out there putting in the work it all counts even though it doesn't seem like it when you're at 400 hours and you've got 600 more to go, it all counts. So I've seen it where they'll kind of, I won't say throw flying to the side, but won't put as much emphasis on it to be with the other person, which makes sense, right? That's what you want. Um, But sometimes it just doesn't work out. So I've seen that. Um, Let me think. I think, that's all I can think of right now. Those two were the main ones that I saw in college. So mainly um, distractions are what people struggle with. Oh yeah, for sure. Distractions that that's, I think a big, big, you know, cause we're, you know, we're pretty young. So like we want to go out and we want to do <laughs> stuff and, you know, and then you got to go and you got to study to fly. Like, come on. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But <laughs> You know, it's that angle that you have to keep thinking about or else you'll never, you know, you'll just end up staying in Grand Forks for the rest of your life. Sounds great. I don't know how else to put it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to move on. (laughs) Um, So would you would you have done anything differently um, from the start of your training until where you are now? That's a good question. I've always thought about that. Um, number do you have an answer. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do have an answer. Actually. Oh, there we go. Um, Let's go. So, obviously, you don't have to go to college to go to the regionals. Um, you can do ATP, which is like a side thing, and you just put money into it, and you get your ratings real quick. But you have to do fifteen hundred hours to get there. Um, so it sounds longer, but it's actually quicker to get there doing that. Um, so that was, that's one thing that I've always had in the back of my head, like, Oh, I wonder what happened if I would have done that. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I wanted the college experience. I wanted that degree. Um, so I think, you know, the way I progressed through the flight courses, for me at least, I think was like at a good rate. Um, I, I did some flew. summers out there. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, obviously the people I met, they'd be friends for the rest of my life, you know, I always have Grand Forks, but um, 
yeah so i always think about that atp thing oh what would have happened you know like what i i started in sky west when i was 21 um and i was two months away from turning 22 so like with me going to atp would i've gotten to sky west 10 months earlier you know and um been able to be you know have more hours i always that's always in the back of my head but at the end of the day i think i'm really happy um that i chose the college route um but i think that's just for my situation i think depending on how old you are and what you're looking for um like we just talked about college comes with a lot of distractions so if you know that you get distracted maybe that's not the best you know route um just only doing flight school um, but no, I think for me, I think the route that I chose is great. Um, like I said, the way I progressed the flight course, I think was great. And then unfortunately I got caught with COVID, um, in the COVID situation. Um, but yeah, I can't, I couldn't control that. There was no way. Yeah, exactly. So more to like your present day flying. I know I, this is something that's always been in my head about, going from the planes that we trained into to going straight to a CRJ, what kind of transition was it going from a Piper Archer with 180 horsepower to going to a CRJ? Like, turbine? Um, well, there's, there's a lot of factors. Uh, number one, I want to start with the training. Actually was not that different. The training that we do at UND, I think, prepares us very well for the train that you do at the regionals. Um, it's very structured. You know what you're going to do every flight. Um, just things like that, I think, prepared me so much more. Luckily, I was able to have my training partner was also a UND product. He was a CFI with me. Um, and, you know, we just spoke the same language. We knew what we were doing and everything was, you know, super nice. It was super, I wouldn't say super easy, but I think it helped a lot um, because, uh, I think last year I was uh, paired up um, with someone in a completely different field. I'm not going to say what field because I don't want to oust them, but it's a completely different field. He was a little older than me, um, and we were just all over the place. Um, he was saying some stuff. I would say another stuff. His terminology was different than mine. Um, we were just all over the place. So uh, this year, you know, obviously with my UND training, his UND training, um, and him being my sim partner, we just, I think we just did really well. Um, but the training, like I said, I think is very, very similar. Um, and then in terms of, I don't know, it's just a, it's just a way bigger plane. I mean, it's like 85,000 pounds for a 900 CRJ 900. Uh, so it's, it's a lot. Um, and I think the CRJs and the MD 11s I've, heard of the hardest planes to land um i don't know for what reason but um i know the 200 you come in like a lawn dart as we've all seen them so you're just looking at the ground at 40 feet and then you just have to like you don't even flare you just reduce your rate of descent and then you just like oh. so that's pretty crazy um <laughs> the seven and the 900 they have slats so they actually come in like a normal airliner which is super cool um but still super hard to judge how far you are from the wheels from touching down because they're so long. Yeah. Front. Um, but it's just what I've heard a lot from captains is at the end of the day, it's just an airplane. It'll do the same thing as your Cessna as your Piper. 
all the things work the same. There's just more of them. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's quicker too. Uh, way quicker. Yeah. You just got to think way ahead. And that's one thing in the beginning of training. I was like, especially like, I remember vividly we were doing a, a takeoff in the CRJ simulator. And I think it was like our first one. And we do call outs as we take off. Um, and this plane is just moving extremely quick. And I can keep up with my call outs. And now I have what, like 120 hours in the CRJ. I just wait around for the call outs. So eventually you get used to it. Uh, but it is, it's very quick uh, compared to what we're used to. The approaches go super quick. Um, different flying too. We do SIDS and STARS. Um, so that's uh, pretty interesting. But they're, I love them. They're super structured and they help you keep uh, your plane, you know, where you want it. Um, cause if not, you'll end up too high or too fast. Um, especially without a lot of experience. Um, but yeah. And then in terms of flows and checklists, I mean, you, it's pretty much the same as UND, right? You memorize some checklists, um, and you do them and then you verify them, which is what we do here. Um, so yeah, I mean, Overall, I would say UND prepares you super well uh, for the airlines. And obviously, you just got to put the work in when you get to the airlines because that's what you've been wanting to do uh, most of your life. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, don't want to fail out of training. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, we can talk about some, like, pros and cons of, like, the airline life. I know in Montana, you came out and met us in – or in this – it was in the January you came out and met us in Montana, which is pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, let's see, pros. Um, obviously, the travel benefits, right? That's like a big one. People love that. Um, it's standby travel, so it could be hit or miss um, whether or not there's a seat on the plane. Um, right now, it's getting a little more difficult. Um, everyone wants to fly. Um, and in, during COVID, I think, for Delta, it was super difficult because they were blocking out the middle seats. Um, so super hard to tell if you can get on a plane or not. But travel benefits, you know, they're great. Uh, There's a thing called KCM, known crew member, that gets you into security without going through security, which right now is the best thing I've ever had in my life because the lines now wrap around the terminals because they're so long because everyone wants to travel. You just kind of go through, you show your ID, and you just walk through the terminal. And it takes like nice. two seconds. Yeah. So I didn't know. I, I think I had heard about it, but I didn't really know about it um, until I actually got to my class at the airlines. Um, another one, what, like the office view? Like, you can't beat that. I remember when I was like a junior in high school, while I was doing flight training, I was working in an accounting, uh, in an accounting department of a school district. It was just white walls and cubicles. And I was like, I am never working a desk job. I promise you that. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, this office view is obviously way cooler. Um, Seeing new places, I think. uh, there's. I can't even think of all the the new places I've gone to in the last month and a half. Um, And right now, I feel like out of L.A., Americans are adding like a new route every single week. And every single week I see a new new flight up on the board. So, um, yeah, it's been great just going to new places. Um, 
also meeting a ton of new people every day. Um, you switch crews a ton, uh, which is a good and a bad thing. Um, but yeah, you meet a ton of, ton of new people. Um, obviously, just like in any company, um, they all won't be great, right? There's always going to be those people um, that, you know, you just, <laughs> you just don't get along with. But uh, for the most part, everyone seems to be pretty cool here. And everyone seems to enjoy the airline, which is great. And I ask uh, captains all the time, you know, how do you like this place? So I'm just trying to get a feel for it too. I'm pretty new. Um, how they like it, what they don't like about it. What has the company done for you, you know? And for the most part, it's positive feedback. So, um, yeah, seeing people uh, you know more often, I think, is also super cool. What, last week? No, not, it was like last month. I went to go see uh, our friend Luke Borowitz in West Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. I flew up there because um, I saw there was an open trip for it. And I hopped on, went up there and saw him for, it was like an hour. So it wasn't that much. But I flew the plane up there and then flew back down to Salt Lake City. So it was cool to see him. Um, my cousin was randomly on a flight uh, the other day from San Francisco to L.A. I hadn't seen her in like a year and a half because COVID. Um, and as she was on that flight. So um, that's wild. And I think, yeah, yesterday, I don't know if you guys watch any sports, but Mike Wilbon from Pardon, what is it, PTI, uh, was on my flight from L.A. to Phoenix. So you just see a, you see a lot of people that you know, you see them more often. <laughs> It was pretty crazy. Um, That's really cool. But yeah, you're just all over the place as um, when you're at the airlines. You're just doing a lot of things. You're all over the place and things are constantly moving. Um, and I like that. It keeps me busy. Um, in terms of cons, obviously the main one is missing holidays um, and, you know, important dates to you and your family. Um, mostly as a new hire, cause you don't really get much say in your schedule. You just do whatever the old, the more senior people aren't doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so like last week I was on call on father's day and my dad was like, Oh, so you probably won't work. And I was like, no, I'm sure someone will call in sick. It's father's day, <laughs> you know? And, uh, um, yeah. guess who went flying on father's day? I did. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so things like that, obviously, I have 4th of July. I'm on call too. So I'll be flying 4th of July. Um, but so that's like the main one I would say. And one thing that I've been talking to my parents about that I didn't really realize um, until I actually got in here is that for right now, at least in most of your jobs, not saying all of your jobs, you have relationships with your coworkers, even as a flight instructor at UND and pretty much any job you're stable, you have a place that you go to work. And you have relationships with your coworkers, right? Ongoing jokes, whatever. Yep. Not really here because yeah. the maximum you fly with the crew is four days and some airlines five, but the maximum is four. And then there's in LA, there's 76 captains. So there's no way that am I going to see another captain for like what? Another two, three years. That's so, wild. yeah, yeah. So unless, well, I don't know what other ends, but here we have a thing called buddy bid where you can, you know, request to be with a captain over and over again. But if you don't do that, then you're not going to see that of the captain for a few years. Um, so you build a four day relationship with them, but sometimes you get like just going to a destination back and that's it. 
and then you'll get paired with captains from other bases. So you don't really have a relationship, a working relationship with your coworkers at all. Um, it's just kind of you and that's it. Cause crew scheduling rotates through people, dispatch rotates through people. And obviously your, your crew rotates through people. So um, that's one thing that I hadn't thought about at all, but um, I've been seeing a lot and I've been noticing a lot since I started working here. Yeah. It seems like sky West is like one of the bigger regionals too. So there's pilots absolutely everywhere from that company. Exactly. I think they're like at 5,000 or something pilots. So yeah, that's crazy. Kind of a lot. Yeah. So yeah, with Sky West, like what is your day-to-day operations? Like right now, like what are you doing? Because you're on the clock right now, right? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I am on the clock, yes. But I'm on reserve. So there's a few things that so reserve has like it's a bunch of stuff that you can do there. And then when you're a line holder, which means you get a set schedule, there's a bunch of stuff that happens there. But basically I'm a reserve pilot right now. I'm short call reserve, so two hour call out. Um, there's AM and PM reserve. So it can be like 4 AM to 4 PM, or for me, it's 9 AM to 9 PM. And I just have to have, I have to respond within 10 minutes and it's minimum two hour call out. So I've had them call me out like a whole day before, or like six hours before. Um, and I'm just there. Um, there's also long call, which is 12 hours call out. Um, but mostly the senior people get that, um, but yeah, so that's reserve. And then when you get a line, it's just a set schedule. You just show up when they tell you to show up and that's it. Um, you have the whole calendar set out. So for me, my calendar is just reserve days. And then if they add a flight at a trip for me, it'll show up on the calendar, but not till after. And it, it could be, like I said, a two hour call out. Um, but for the most part, um, if I were to just go on a flight a day, on a day, I would for me, I have LA traffic, so I have to calculate that into my commute. Uh, without traffic, it's 30 minutes to the airport, which is perfect. With traffic, you can get up to like an hour. So I usually leave like about an hour, depending on the time. Um, I leave. I we, we have a parking lot that uh, SkyWest, you know, they give me a parking pass. So I go there, take the shuttle from the parking lot to the terminal. Um we have a report time that's usually 45 minutes before the flight. Um, so I'll report to the gate agent. I show her my badge, get on the plane. Um, usually first officers do the, the walk around. So we'll walk around the plane. Obviously, same thing as the, as the archer, except we don't really touch anything on the plane. You're just supposed to look at it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't like move the ailerons. You don't you just don't reach it up, up for the stabilizer, the rudder, and move it. no, it's all hydraulics. So, <laughs> so you don't really sense. touch anything. You make sure the nav lights are on, and you kind of look around. And obviously, there's specific stuff I'm looking for, but um, most of the stuff, if you see that it doesn't look right, you just call maintenance. Right. So at the end of the day, we're we're all a team. So without maintenance, the flight's not going without the, without the flight attendants, the flight's not going without customer service agents, the flight's not going. So we're all a team. So I do my part, they do their part and <laughs> we get the flight going. Um, but yeah. And then I get in a main thing, a main difference between what general aviation flying and this flying is that you have a computer that you have to set up. Um, so I go in there, set up the FMS, um, with the route that dispatch 
built for us, right? I don't get the route. We're all, we're all teams. So dispatch gives me the route and I put it in the computer. <laughs> um, we do a bunch of checklists set up, um, make sure all the checks that we run on the plane, you know, go as, as we expect them to go. And if they don't maintenance, they don't, we're not qualified to like get into the plane, um, get down and dirty with the plane. That's, that's a maintenance job. So um, <laughs> yeah. And then we'll go on a flight. Um, all depends. It could be from one day or it could be like just to and from for a one day trip all the way to a four day trip. Um, there's also a thing called standups, um, which is you're the last flight in and the first flight out and you get minimum rest, but they pay you for the whole thing. Hmm. So some people like that. Um, I didn't, I did one once and it, I didn't really like it. It was like a four hour <laughs> nap. So I just felt <laughs> worse when I woke up. So yeah, it was a four hour nap at 11 PM. So, Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but some people like it because then they can spend the time with their family during the day. So, yeah, true. Uh, it just depends. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do here. And yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of ways you can manipulate your schedule to get what you want out of, um, out of the job. Cool, but, uh, cool. and yeah. All right. Well, uh, just kind of like wrapping some stuff up. Um, mainly because we're running out of time on our Zoom call because we don't have Zoom Pro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you have like any last piece of advice for me or Tango that uh, so we could get hired someday? Maybe write um, me a letter of recommendation <laughs> in like a year. <laughs> the main thing is kind of what I told you guys in the beginning. Just don't take your eyes off the goal. Keep working, especially when you're a flight instructor. I mean, the flights get kind of repetitive, but you just have to keep keep adding keep adding the hours but also i mean it's a you learn a lot from that flight instructor job and you can tell when you get to the airlines who was a flight instructor and who was um just because the way they act and the way they talk to you you can tell so um take your job seriously it's not just an hour builder because you are at the end of the day you're getting ready for that next set of cfis there and eventually there'll be when you upgrade to captain at one point they'll be your first officers so it's not just a job. It's not just an hour builder. Obviously it helps, right? Building hours. Um, but you got to take it seriously. And, you know, one thing I've noticed is sadly in this industry, the rules are, you just have to not get got by the rules. There's a lot of rules out there to get you. And the main thing is just not to get got. And if you can weave your way through the rules and, Go through all that until you retire, then you made it, right? But sadly, they're there to get you. So just do what you're supposed to do. Work hard. Don't take your eye off the prize. And you just got to be patient. Because obviously, I, you can't get 24 hours a day of flying. Unfortunately. Um, Unfortunately. It takes time. So you just got to be patient and just remember why you're there. And yeah, eventually you'll, you'll make it through. Exactly, exactly. Thanks so much for yeah. coming on today, Dave. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure having you on. <laughs> yeah, it was, hey, it was thanks, nice Dave. talking to you guys. All right, <laughs> you all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you have any questions for us, DM us on Instagram at vertical underscore guidance. And don't forget to like and subscribe so we could get paid.
Thanks, guys. Thanks.